Welcome to the Appalachian Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Bowen, and today we have a guest that's been on before. He was actually our first guest um, on the very first podcast of the Appalachian Runner. It's Dan Green, and Dan Green just finished the Half Lead 100 in fourth place, 13 hours, 17 minutes, eighth fastest time of all time. What's up? So before we get into Havelina and how awesome it was, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about Rim to River 100, which just happened this past weekend. And, you know, we'll talk about how special that community is, and then we'll kind of dive deep into Havelina and then, you know, what goes next after that. So yeah, this weekend, both you and I went down to Fayetteville for the 2023 Rim to River 100. And just, uh, just tell me, like, what were your... Like, what were you doing down there? So, yeah, Rim to River 2023 looked a lot different for me and for yourself as well. Um, wanted to be a part of it in some way. And in that way, I wanted to just help people out. So I was able, lucky enough, to get on a couple, two different crews. I was helping crew two groups, one other guy, Danny Hayes, and then two kids from Huntington that have been really into trails recently, Jack uh, Pennington and Michael Atique and yeah got in with both of those guys was gonna I crewed both of them for parts of the race and then ended up pacing was planning to pace them both as well and ended up doing that too which was which was a lot of fun and how many <clears throat> miles did you run between the two pacing jobs it was uh right over 40 miles <laughs> it was like 12 hours total 40 miles and like I didn't sleep for like 35 hours Keep in mind, guys, <laughs> that this is less than a week out from Happily 100. Yeah. And he's doing 41 miles out there in the New River Gorge, helping out some buds from, you know, in the area, you know, Huntington, and I think Dana Hayes is from Charleston? or In between. Yeah. So before we get into that, let's give some shout outs. All the people that finished Rim to River 100, you know, you guys are awesome. Yeah. You know, from the first place runner to the last place runner, you guys are all conquerors. It was a great weekend. It was a great day for it, but you know, running 100 miles is never easy. So shout out to you guys, especially the ones from our area. You know, we had a lot of people go down. Dude. I mean, Danny Hayes, uh, Jack, and and Michael. Uh, I help crew uh, John Baldwin. He's a guy who from I think Madison, West Virginia. He's a good friend. Um, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing, but. I'm glad I was able to help pace him as well. Um, the other people, we got Seth, Seth Harshberger, Isaac Waite. Um, I mean, there's just multiple people. I feel like, yeah, we're definitely missing a few. We're going to miss like a ton and they're going to be upset. But, <laughs> you know, all you guys are awesome and you guys make up the community uh, that we're part of here in Huntington, Charleston, you know, West Virginia running. So kudos to you guys. Also, shout out to all the people who did the Marshall Marathon and Half Marathon. Special shout out to Dan's girlfriend. Yes. Not a trail runner yet, but Sydney Smith, first place half marathon, no training, med school, hour and 23 minutes. Would love to see it. Okay. I won't say no training. She's been training well. She just, it's not like organized, but you know what? That's probably the best thing for her right now. Oh, it's just pure fun. And she's loving it. She's probably going to run more than she did back when she was in college. Uh, which was last year. <laughs> yeah. We had a wild, I, just before I left the house today, we were talking about stuff she wanted to do. And uh, I won't say what she said, but what she said was very exciting for me. So hopefully she does this race. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> I mean, it just makes me so happy to see people continue running after college because mm -hmm. th that's why we do what we do is to help these people find the love for it and keep doing it. Yeah. So that's awesome. All right, let's dive right back into Rim to River, though. So when did you decide it, that you wanted to help Danny and Jack and Mike? Well, uh, well, Jack and them had been coming into the shop and talking about they were told us they first thing they did was tell us just working at the shop at, when they had signed up for the race. So obviously, I was super excited that they had signed up for the race. And I was like, you know, if there's anything I can do let me know like if it's crew you, if it's pace you some weird time of day, I can do it. This was all, I was waging that on the hopes that I recovered really quickly from Havelina and nothing bad happened to me. Cause I was like making a lot of promises 
uh, praying that my physical health would be really good. And it turned out to be pretty decent. So that was good. But yeah, I was just instantly told them once they told me they had signed up, hey, I'll do whatever you guys need me to do. Like, I want to help. Like, I'm going to be up there regardless. I would love to be associated with you guys. And so they ended up taking me up on that. I don't, I don't, they could got one other guy to help them. And then Jack's parents helped crew them. And I think maybe I would like to think that I helped with a little bit of knowledge sometimes, not that it's rocket science, but it's good to have someone that knows or has done it before. And then for, um, for Danny, I'm really good, good friends with DJ Kreitz, who's a, another huge runner in the area, very prominent name and used to work at our Charleston location for Roberts running. And, um, it's one of his really good friends. And I told, I knew that he was running it and the same thing. I was like, well, I like Danny Hayes. I've met him before. I would love nothing more than to also help you guys out. Cause I was like thinking they'd be around the same kind of time frame. I initially thought that the two youngsters would be ahead of Danny, but that's purely my ignorance. Cause they, I didn't realize how much of a hoss Danny was. So that was my oversight, but, um, so yeah, I told him too, I was like, Hey, tell him like, if he needs a pacer or something, I'll be up there again, putting a lot of faith in my recovery that I could pace two separate people <laughs> and get dropped off and picked up at two different places and potentially have that, how, how that was going to work out. I didn't plan any of it until I was there that day. So it worked out really well, but that's how, how that happened, how that came to be. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and just the logistics that go into it. I mean, it's really hard to plan out the whole thing for just one group and you did it for two. And like, you're definitely banking on the fact that like one was going to end and the other was going to begin like back to back. Yeah. And I guess it worked <laughs> out. So it ended up working out really well. Couldn't have done, couldn't have worked out any better. And yeah, I got to run 20 miles each with respectively with each group. And it was great. It was awesome seeing that side of the race and, being out there in the middle of the night and it was super cold and I was cold and we were just hiking and running and I got to eat a bunch of aid station food cause I'd never eaten the aid station food like that. So I was eating pizza and pierogies and all kinds of wild stuff out there. Beer. <laughs> yeah. That was the coolest thing for me too. Like getting to experience the whole, you know, the fun part of it. Yeah. Cause when we're racing, you know, we're trying to get in and out of eight stations. It's fun back. still. Yeah. It's a different type of fun. Like yeah. we are able to, I mean, we're not going through a lot of the pain that they're going through because we're not running as far, but like eating all the stuff, you know, because they eight station food at Rim to River is amazing. Like they have some of the best food I've seen at any race. Yeah. But you also get to appreciate the hard work at each aid station. Uh, all the people that work there do. Because, you know, when we're, like, when we're yeah, you're not back, cracked out. No. You show up and you're like fresh. You're like, wow, this is a great, you guys got a good thing going up here. Yeah. It's very organized. They're all, they have different themes. Like everybody's wearing, you know, I mean. Costumes. Costumes. Lights. And, yeah. The lights are cool. And that's a cool part too. Like a lot of those aid stations we don't see at nighttime. So they're not nearly as cool as they are at, at night. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, it was just really, I mean, refreshing is not the right word, but it's just cool to see that side of it. Um. Now, I experienced it quite a bit. I figure you did too. You know, since we've won Rim to River, both of us have, there were a lot of people that remembered us. And it was. like throughout the whole course, it's like people were constantly saying, oh, there's Caleb. Like, and it, like, I don't know about you, but it just makes me feel really cool to be in a place where people know who we are. I mean, did you see any of that on the trail? Oh, tons of it. It was, yeah, it was really nice. Like we had said earlier, just like going back up and wanting to be a help and be a part of the race. Um, you know, pe some people might know who you are. It's not necessarily why you do it, but it's like, it's nice to know that you just being there, people really respect that, even though I wouldn't be anywhere else, but it's like cool when you're out on the trail and people are like, Oh, that's so cool that you're back helping people do like run and do the race and all that. And it's, it's, it's very, it's a good feeling because you do you do a lot of what we do anyway just for the community and like when we're racing we're thinking about everyone that's like watching and like rooting for us and it really puts it um i'm trying to think of the words like 
something that is just a thought and then it becomes a real tangible like value you know that there's people rooting for you but then when you actually meet all those people at one giant race like rim to river it's actually a lot of people yeah and it's crazy yeah i mean just the community like we i keep saying that we're community but that's what it is like there's people I've never really truly met before that have been cheering for us. You know, th- there's a lot of people who are asking about your javelina yeah. you know, at Fayette station. There's a lot of people asking about grindstone. There's a lot of people asking, you know, what prep's going to go into like the next year. And it's like, I've never met you before, but you, <laughs> I know I follow you on Strava and I see what you run, but like they, they know a lot about us because they're cheering for us at every single race and they see us run rim to river. They see us, you know, at every race we do and then they see us coming to help other people and like you said we would have done it we would we'd be doing that anyway it's not like we're doing it for fame or anything like that but like it's cool that they get to see us help them and like holly and she was also out there helping uh she was popping blisters out at face <laughs> i mean ew i just think yeah <laughs> so that's uh anthony uh who he crewed david smith uh he's also a Huntington guy anthony's from Fayetteville or Oak Hill area. Um, this was his first hundred. So we got to kind of help him get through his, uh, mm-hmm. his first hundred ran 22 hours, which is pretty good. That's beautiful. But I don't know. It just, it feels cool that we're able to give back to this community. That's given so much to us. And yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. <laughs> you know, the whole community of Fayetteville, the ultra community, you guys are awesome. So, you know, Rune river, special place in our hearts something that we'll always come back to as much as we can, you know, if our schedule allows, but let's kind of switch gears a bit and talk about Havilene hundred. You know, this was like the a race for you, especially for the fall, at least it was. So talk about the goals that you had going into it and kind of the, the training buildup that you put in, uh, in route to Havilene hundred. So I guess goals in particular were, Early on, the goals were, I'm going to, I love the hundred mile distance. I want to get on a big, into a big hundred and really go for it, really perform, really try to, um, utilize what I can do, which is like running the heat, run a hundred miles, um, last outlast some people. I may not have been fourth place uh physically but i was fourth place mentally i think for a lot of people out there that that maybe had worse days than me and didn't weren't able to finish the race but yeah girls early on were to just do is do good like get in the top five or or higher maybe first or second and then yes really put my name out there it's a big race it gets lots of coverage it's really easily streamed it's got interviews it's got lots of publicity the times are always really fast for a trail race because it's a fast trail race so yeah do well was my main goal and the my route to get there was to train appropriately so that was for me i guess i'm more old school as far as training goes a little bit better now with because if you don't know caleb helps coach me for the, some of this stuff so he gives me some good guidance as far as like doing um, more workouts that I wouldn't normally do. I think without help that way, I would just run a bunch of like 120 mile weeks and not do any workouts instead of running like 110 miles and doing a workout because I would just run a bunch more, which is probably not the smartest at the moment. So yeah, doing some bigger workouts. I had some races leading up to this race that kind of, I think ended up working out pretty well for it, even though they may not have seen it like, Strolling gym early on in the year really was, was brutal. Um, totally different type of thing. It was a 40 mile road race at 3000 feet of gain, but it was really brutal mentally. It was terrible. It was in the middle of nowhere, super lonely, really, really hard from like mile 20, but I got it done, ran a good time. And then some other race, I forget what was next after that. Maybe just hurricane. I feel like was next after that. Charleston distance run. Charleston distance run. Yeah. Another fast paced run 15 miler. Why am I doing that? Don't know. Cause it's fun. It mixes it up. You get to do some speed work. I get to run with the youngsters every now and then the Marshall boys sometimes for stuff like that. Did that race ran well. 
and then Hurricane 100K ended up being a pretty good race for Havelina just because it was a loop course way hillier than Havelina is, but ended up being, I think, good just because of the loops. And then, yeah, we worked our way into Havelina then, getting ready for that. So I guess mileage and some key races leading up to it. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to point out a few things, but I'm glad you mentioned strolling Jim. Uh, I really appreciate what you said there. <clears throat> because, yeah, it's totally different. It's a road race for one. Um, Havelina is definitely trail out in the desert. But you got to experience what it feels like to be kind of in pain, not pain, but your discomfort for a very long period of time yeah. by yourself. Like there was no one around you. You led from the gun mm -hmm. and you were all alone the whole time. And that's something that you kind of experience. I mean, there's what, 900 people that ran Havelina, but once the pack starts separating, you're kind of all alone. Yeah. I was basically running. alone for 80 miles, I mean, not 80 miles, but like 70 Fred didn't make it the whole last loop, but <laughs> he tried, but yeah, I, I wouldn't even know if, I don't even think it was the, yeah, it was the mental side of it with the, with strolling gym, but I think it was also the confidence it gave you to know that even when you feel like crap and you push, you still will run the pace you kind of want to run. So like with Havelina, you'd feel, you start to feel like crap on the first half of the loop where it's kind of hilly, but then you could rest assured that once you got on the really runnable section, if you pushed, you could go, you could go 740, 730. Mm -hmm. If you, and this is like late in the race you know you can do that if you push yourself it doesn't hurt much it didn't really feel any different it's just like a being able to make that switch to do it yeah yeah that makes sense and then i'm glad you said what you said about uh hurricane 100k because whenever you po pose the question whether you should run or not yeah i, was... I mean <laughs> we, i mean we talked about it and we're like well you do have enough time to recover and i, I was, thought i didn't for some reason <clears throat> you recover really well um faster than the average person probably above average person because most people can't do that but like you were back at it that next week yeah um but it is cool because that race setup is very similar because it's a loop format um and where matt young the race director for her 100k he changed the direction of the course it was more runnable mm -hmm. than the previous year and i think that simulated having 100 a good bit as well because you know mostly all of it's very runnable there's one hill that's pretty gnarly. couple yeah like the first half of the loop is a little bit greasy but it's not after that it's nothing which kind of same thing on the hurricane 100k course yeah. you know it's all uphill in the first half all downhill in the second so thanks matt for preparing dan uh thank you you know and like just, he, he did it for us he, he did, did it. it yeah <laughs> and just that experience you know uh, i wish i don't know if you had you had a little bit of the same crew, but not really, because Fred was your main crew guy. Right, yeah. Sydney and yeah. The one thing I tested out, if we're still talking about Havelina, the one thing that I tested out at Hurricane was how fast can I go through an aid station, which is typically pretty good unless something is wrong. But also was I tried to simplify. I've been on this like want to simplify my because everyone's so uh, sciencey about the nutrition thing, which. Luckily I don't have to be cause I'm pretty, I've been blessed with a decent stomach. So hurricane was kind of like how simple, stupid can I make my nutrition to make it super fast? And we tested that at hurricane and it worked really well, which is just, if you've probably heard me say it before, if you know me, just syrup, spring, awesome sauce, salt pills, water, Gatorade. And at hurricane I had Snickers, but at Havelina I ate nothing but that I had one small bag of chips during Havelina, but all of it was awesome sauce, syrup, salt, Gatorades, and water the nice. entire time. Yeah, and it seemed to work. It's cause... quick, it's easy, it works for me, and I tested that at Hurricane for sure. Mm -hmm. And you, I think that's where you won the Hurricane race too, because probably yeah, you know, you were able to get in and out of a stations, and you look fresh, ready to go. Whereas you know, Alex was really pushing in between, uh, you know, the running sections of the course, but it, he definitely it, outrun me for sure. Yeah. But you can just tell that every time he came into the A station, he was worn down. He needed a little more time and you just looked kind of fresh and just, looked, I feel like you almost waited on him a little bit. And then you were, well, the, at one point we were run, we were kind of running it together. Cause we were like, well, if we just run it together, we just split the prize money. 
Yeah. Not to sound like that guy, but if we were both going to have good days and just run together, then why wouldn't we? Yeah. Because um, he had JFK coming up mm-hmm. anyway, and which granted that was four weeks after, five weeks, four, four-ish weeks after Havelina because mm-hmm. it's next weekend. So it's kind of different, but yeah, the eight stations went really well. Yeah. So yeah, Hurricane was definitely, I think all those races were definitely good part of the training going into Havelina. And then something like we just kind of collaborated with in your training plan going into Havelina. You know, we started planning out from, I guess we kind of looked at Black Canyon first and then went from there. I forgot about Black Canyon. Yeah. So I didn't really do a whole lot of tweaking. It's mostly just formatting it in a little bit different of a way. Because you're doing all the same stuff. You know, you're running twice a day. You're doing long runs. You know, we kind of focus on vert a little bit more just because although it's a pretty flat course, it still has five over 5,000 feet. You have to. And that's just part of it. Like the better you can climb, the better and descend, the better it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we worked on that some, but we also kept in a lot of the road long runs as well. But we definitely tried to add a little bit more trail long runs in there. And that's, you know, the Sunday Barbasol Park. Group. Yeah, it forced me into, which thank God for those guys, like the the Barbersville running trail people core group that I run with, which would be like, Ryan Ramsby, Eric Cooper, yourself, Logan Kirby now is a new addition to that group. Um, Dave Fowler is there mm-hmm. from time to time. Brandon Perry, of course, is Mr. Barbersville. Very so like savvy. that group of people just being able to like have that group message and someone's like, hey, you want to run at Barbersville Park? Or I can be like, hey, anyone want to run at Barbersville Park? Because I hate run I don't hate it, but it is hard for me to run trails at Barbersville Park alone for a long run. 12 miles max. That's why I'm a road, I'm a road man. And it's like tough for me to go out there and just be like, well, I'm going to run 21 miles out here alone on the trail. Yeah. I'll do that in town. No problem. But it's like something, something about it doing it out there. It's rough. But when you have like a group of people you can do it with, usually I'm like, if you can't do it alone, you can't do it at all. But this is one of those things where I'm like, it's so nice to have other people to do it with. Yeah. And you know, if you run with Brandon Perry, he has the route already planned in his head. So you don't have to do anything. He is, he's a saint. Yeah. And he's definitely going to try to get at least two to three K every single time. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about anything. But yeah, so that was just a big part of it. Um, Yeah, the workouts, I mean, the whole concept that I was looking at was we got to be able to sustain, you know, the 13 hour, a little bit under a 13 hour pace for the whole time. Because we did a little research. Typically, if you run sub 1310, you're going to get top two. So everything was trying to gear you towards to be able to break 13. That way you had some cushion. Now, we found out that this was one of the fastest years. if not, I mean, It was the fastest year of Pavlina. So you'll have that. Yeah, that's my luck. <clears throat> you know, you run. I bring out the best in everyone. What can I say? That's, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because, you know, Jonathan... Ray ended up running twelve forty five. So good. Blake ran twelve fifty what seven, and then third place Ryan was like twelve fifty eight, mm-hmm. and then thirteen seventeen. So it's one like I wonder how fast you could have run if how like if there would have been people closer. Like let's say let's say second place was only five minutes up at the point into last loop. Yeah, or three minutes. Like I think that would have been able you would have been able to maybe hang on. Like, I know you gave it your all. I did. I'd be curious to look at the splits when I ran up the first half of the last loop with my brother versus the first half of the fourth loop. I would imagine they would be slower on the fourth loop. Having a pacer would have been smart to have on the fourth loop. I think everyone else had a pacer for both loops. Yeah. I'm not positive of that. That probably would have helped me. Um, I didn't well, didn't have the option of having a second pacer until very late in the game so like two days before sydney maybe it was later than that but i had already pretty much been thinking about the race been thinking about the race so nothing was going to change in my mind of who was pacing me who was it wouldn't even cross my mind but sydney was able to come um out and she could have more than she could have more than paced me for the fourth loop yeah she ran 123 for half marathon yeah she She could have easily ran the last loop or the fourth loop with me or the last loop with me but they didn't want to do that 
they didn't want to spring that on me during the race because it wasn't what we had we had never talked about it which was probably a good call yeah i would have been like what the heck's going on but i probably would have not said anything i wouldn't have been like no you can't run with me but it would have definitely freaked me out probably but yeah having people to run with would have been a little bit better probably on that fourth loop where i was really feeling sorry for myself <laughs> yeah climbing those hills and i was like really low energy on the hills but could turn it back on on the other half of the course so that was good um but yeah having someone would have been good yeah well um before we really dive into the actual race you know is there anything yet you would like to have done going into the race like training wise prep wise like is there anything besides having maybe another pacer like what could we could have done better i i don't think we could have done anything better to get ready for that race to be honest i've been thinking about it all year so that's good yeah i don't know if there's any other training things i could have done always in my head i'm like well i could have ran more miles but i don't know really if i could have at this point in my life maybe next year i I intend on running more and more miles to a certain point until I get older or as I get older. So always I'm like, well, I probably could have ran more. That may maybe would have helped, but probably not. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's really much I could have done in preparation. I did feel really, my legs felt really crappy when I got out there. Like every day I got out there Wednesday, the race is on Saturday. My legs felt really junky. Like they always feel bad when you taper, but when I, as soon as I got in Arizona, they felt really bad and I don't know what that was about. So I maybe wasn't, I had been hydrating a bunch and like drinking more salt and really focusing on that. And so I don't think I was dehydrated or anything, but I think, I don't know what it was, something I'd been sick like a week before Yeah, I and maybe that. I was like, kind of like just a little bit sick. I don't think I was sick leading into the race, but I think just something with my legs, they were, maybe I didn't taper the right way. Maybe I should like taper more taper less or maybe that's just how i feel when i feel fresh and i don't really know what that feels like much anymore so maybe yeah. that was good <laughs> i mean that's how i feel when i taper like a, a kind of hard taper which yours we try to plan it out so it wasn't too bad i think i was like what seven, 60 miles 70 miles the yeah. week before i mean you went from like 105 to 90 and we, mm -hmm. we stair-stepped it so it wasn't like all dramatic all at once mm -hmm. but i maybe Maybe you did better with all at once. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. But then again, you ran 13, 17. So yeah, I can't complain. That's why I'm like, still, is, I think it was still a good day. Yeah. Oh, definitely a good day. Yeah. All right. So let's take me to the start line. You know, what's the feelings like? What's the vibes like? Um, you know, your thoughts that you're, what you're about to embark on, you know, give me all the, the juice for that first, the juice, <laughs> the, you know, the start line. No, Havelina is, if you don't know what Havelina is, you should look it up on YouTube or somewhere else. I will not do it justice. Super great race, great atmosphere. It's like a party out there. They have a DJ the whole time. I'm pretty sure they're playing the entire time. I don't know if it's the same DJ the whole time because that would be crazy, but yeah, they have like EDM, like dance music going. Jubilee, the race director or race announcer is like super hype and into it, super personable. It's a trail race, so all, everyone's vibes are cool. It's Halloween, so Tent City's like dressed up and all the tents are kind of themed. Not our tent, but most tents are themed. Cause the way the start is, it's like you going down a giant corral and that's where you do come back in and do the out and back loop or do the, the loop. You come in and out of a, like a little lollipop. So everyone's tents are lined up against that. But yeah, energy on the start line was awesome. I was lucky enough to find a spot up near the front, which was cool. Lots of real, as every race I go to, I feel as though I'm the least belonging or like the least prepared. I like looking around. Everyone's like super dialed looking, super like pro looking for some reason. I just think that I'm not that person. And yeah, I was beside like, there's like Heather Jackson beside me. There's that Michael Versteeg guy up there kind of slothing around doing what he does. <laughs> looking cool as always. The, um, everyone's favorite Instagram runner, uh, Andrew Glaze, mm -hmm. I think his name, the 100 mile a week guy. He's up there with his little selfie stick filming stuff. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I think he was dressed up as Post Malone too, which is pretty cool. But yeah, 
so the start line was cool. Um, they do the countdown, gun goes off, 10 people or so literally take off. Like it's a, like I'm running cross country again, take off. Like I'm running cross country again. They're hauling gone, completely gone. We were, I was running like seven, 10, 15 pace. And it was not even, they had gapped us before we were out of the corral. Oh goodness. Like we, the group I was with was, they were out of sight less than a half mile into the trail part. So you do that little, it's like a quarter mile ish of tents. And then you go into the trail. And by the time we got into the trail part, they were basically gone. So that's like Jonathan Ray, Matt Daniels. Yes. Probably Preston Cates. Everyone. I'm not sure who was all up there, but all those guys were gone from the gun. That's crazy. Gone from the gun. And I was like, great. Black Canyon all over again. But it was good because I was like, you know, it's this is where I'm like, I'm glad it's a hundred miler because I feel pretty confident we're running 720 pace. That's not, no one's running, no one up there is running that, which obviously some of them did, but I was like, you know, I feel pretty good knowing, even though the, you know, the race is long, it's a race. So if people get, if that many people get ahead of you, you're like, God, God, this is not good even though you know there's still like 90 miles left to go. So it's like, I don't yeah. know why you think that, but you do. And so I'm running. It's like me, uh, Joe. Joe McConaughey. Joe McConaughey. He's like the only one I talked to the whole day pretty much, um, which in unfortunately it was like the first hour. So I didn't talk to really anyone else <laughs> the whole rest of the day, which is fine. I talked to myself, but Joe was like, hey, how's Caleb doing? And I was like, he's doing good, dude. What's up? Because <laughs> I told Dan before he went out, just if you talk to Joe, tell him I said hello. I did. Because we, we got to talk to each other at Bandera, and it was kind of a rough day for both of us. So we're kind of trauma brothers at this point. Yeah. So He was nice to me out there. He's just a nice guy, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely one that you want to root for because he's so, such a nice guy. Hopefully he gets that Barkley Marathon finish here soon. Yep. So we're running. And then I know there's a bunch of people ahead of us. Granted, I know it's the first loop, but I was like in my head, I ran with them for a while. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be in a position because we were kind of running like 740 pace and they were like kind of talking like it was a little bit too slow, which are a little bit too fast. And I was like, well, I think this is probably the pace we need to go or a little bit faster. So I kind of was like that guy, the first loop where there was a group of people obviously more experienced than me. And then there was me like 10 stepping them ahead of them, which is kind of like, you don't want to be that guy, but I was that guy. Cause I was like thinking in my head early on, I know that I'm not in the front now and I'm probably not going to be in the front. I'm going to have to be in a position to strike later on, whether that's now or later, I want to be in that position. So I like, I'm just going to run my race and that's where I feel comfortable. The pace I felt comfortable running and where I thought that it would be at a good spot. And so I continued that through the first loop. Um, aid stations were good. We skipped the first one cause it's like four miles in. I start getting water on myself early. I didn't have an ice bandana yet, but I just had 40 ounces of water, one on my belt, one in my hand sprint. I had five or six spring in my pocket and eight ounces of, maple syrup and a baggie of salt pills. So I was good to make a whole loop, make two whole loops without having to get anything. So yeah. all I needed to give the people at the aid station, my brother, my, uh, I was gonna say my sister, my brother, Sydney, and Will Liddy, one of our buddies who came out from Denver to help us. Um, all I had to give them was my bottles, which was really convenient. And so we go through the first couple of aid stations um, I got the run with Zach Bitter for a second, yeah. which was kind of sick. It was like running with the legend, which he is not with, not kind of like running with legend. It was running with a legend, Zach Bitter. Um, didn't get to talk to him at all. I think I may have said it's a nice morning and he was like, it is a nice morning. He strikes me as a guy who would not talk at all during a race. Mm. I don't know. I think he would. I think it's just one of those things where people are like me and they're like, Oh my God, Zach bitter. And they don't say anything or they're like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. You know, it's like really proper. Um, so I, yeah, I ran with him for a second, but get through the first loop, do the normal things, get water at the aid stations, get uh, Gatorade. They had, luckily they had Gatorade, 
Gator and water, Gator and water. Um, ice sponge. Get in. The way the corral is, it's like a fish hook. So coming in to the the backside of the fish hook, I gave I would give Sydney my two bottles, run around, do the loop, come back, and then our tent was on the other side. And by the time I got back to the tent, they would have already had they already had my bottles ready. And so I would just stop. They would wet me down. The first loop I put on the ice bandana and took a salt pill, grabbed my bottles. I was out of there. It was probably less than a minute of time. And then we're out. And on the second loop, we go. Um, I don't really remember a lot of the second loop. I know that it was a lot of being alone. Um, but then again, I think I ran with some, some people. You don't really start running into people until later in the second loop. Where Havelina, if you don't know, it's a looped course. So the first loop is 23 miles. There's a little add-on. And then the rest of them are 19. And so where there was like... 2000 people running between the 100 100k and 50k and 31k which i think was at a different time of day is at night yeah. yeah so there's lots of people on the course at once so after lap one you start running into them towards the end of the second loop um which is fine it's kind of exciting but lap two is kind of a lot of the same it was like go through quickly ice down get my bottles filled as quickly as i could don't take anything from the aid stations, just had all my stuff on me. I was really um, kind of in a groove of every hour, every 15 minutes after the hour, I would take a giant swig of uh, maple syrup. And then at 45 minutes after I would eat a spring. And then like every hour and a half, I would eat a salt pill or something like that. And sometimes I'd eat more than one spring, not at once, but it was kind of ended up working out in that order. And that's kind of what I kept to. Sometimes I would do it a later like maybe like an hour and 20 minutes i'd drink syrup and then an hour and 50 i would have a spring but that's kind of how it went second loop was a lot of the same ice water got back into the aid station gave my bottles to sydney ran around looped around the energy in the aid station is awesome every time you come through there it's like super fun um got to see a lot of cool people that you go to these bigger races out west and you get to see all these people that are like big names in the sport and some of them were running, but some of them were just there hanging out. So you get to see all these yeah. people, which is really fun um, for me at least. And that's kind of where two starting into loop three is kind of where people started to like recognize who I was just cause they had seen me come through yeah. and I was still up there. Cause you know, you know how that is. Maybe sometimes you go somewhere and it's like, we go to like these bigger races that are in West Virginia and you're kind of like the underdog or like the no dog. You have like no name. <laughs> so you're just out there and no one knows who you are, but you're like in your head, you're like, I can do this, but no one knows, which is fine. Um, but by that point, by lap three, it was kind of like some people were thinking that, oh, who is this kid? Cause he's doing pretty decent. And then I came into, uh, I think Jackass Junction on lap three. And I forget the gentleman's name. You would know him. The guy with the accent that interviewed me. So I don't know him, but... He's a great guy. We, we just call him like the either Australian, New Zealand, that was yeah. all about you. So I was going to bring that up. So I was really frustrated with some of the pre-race and even during the race like commentary where they weren't really mentioning your name, but you were up there. And I get it. Like there's some really big names in the race. And it's like you said, you're kind of the underdog. Okay. Not even underdog, just no, no one. That's not. I mean, if, if I'm no actually, one to us, but I'm I'm no one to them, really. Yeah. If they would do their research, they'd be like, okay, this guy's run 15 hours. They thought it was my first hundred. I know, Dylan. Bowman, <laughs> that's not. No, you've run, you've run the Rims River twice. Yeah. I mean, you've had a, like a two sub 16s in your in your name, and they're not like flat horses by any means. Plus, you have the the backward ultra as well. Plus, Black Canyon experience. I think that's really beneficial yep. as well so i was getting really frustrated and then this guy i don't know his name but he's like the only one who's like hey, my pick staying green and i'm like finally somebody's actually listening because like i love that guy finn mills uh from the single track podcast he messaged me asking any info about you and i gave it to him and you were kind of like the the black horse 
type guy, dark horse type guy. I was the uh, what's the the, the the correct term? The random baller. Random baller, yeah. Pick. Which is a good. That's where you want to be. That's that's me, man. And it's like you and Blake, which actually ended up working. Like that was those were the two picks that they should have definitely picked. a random baller. He's but, a baller. You know, I was, I was getting frustrated, and then he finally like broke it. Like I'm finally glad that they started talking about you because you were like in the race. You were one of those people who. You know, all the big names start dropping off about mile or loop three. Yeah. And like, finally, this, like, he's moving on up. He's in contention now. And they're finally talking about you. Which I was really happy about because that still, like, after the first, even in the first loop where I said, like, I was kind of by myself being that guy. When I came through that jackass junction, that third loop, and that, that kind gent was like, Dan, you're in third place. And I was like, no, I'm not, dude. I was like, shut up. He's like, no, you're in third place. He's like, that's a golden ticket. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, this is, this is working. I was like, it's working. And uh, so I was like, well, I'm just going to stay. I stayed calm, you know, and he was like, he was really good. He was like, yeah, just don't change anything you're doing. He's like, keep pushing where you can, keep putting water on, keeps getting cool. Like, don't change anything. And I was like, that's right. That's exactly what I should do. And that's what I did. I kind of just kept pushing and doing my thing. And, um, yeah, we were we we were in position, and I was like, "Wow, I'm in a good spot." And so, isn't it wild that you know you don't know what place you're in, but you don't think you're in third? You don't think you're in contention. Well, you can't. I didn't see any of those guys, and it's one of those things where you know there's. I literally knew there was eight people ahead of me yeah. the entire time. Plus, it's like that same thing where you see the people at the start line. You're like, "Wow, everyone's super good. Everyone's super good." And then you're passing people out there. You don't know who the hell you're passing. You know, everyone's. Some people like they may look like they're the best runner in the world. No offense to like having nice stuff, because that's like great if you can. But it's like I may have passed some of those people. They may have been sitting at aids. Some of them, pe- the people I passed, were just like chilling at an aid station or yeah. like walking or whatever. And you don't, you don't even, you don't even know. The time. And the service was bad enough to where my crew didn't know what was going on. Um, my parents and people were texting my brother to tell, to figure out where we were at, even though they were at the race. Yeah. So it was like this huge thing where like, we didn't know where the heck we were um, until that moment. And I was like, Oh man, this is great. This is going good. Yeah. So you, you get that kind of jolt of excitement, like, Oh, I'm in third and I'm in a golden ticket position. Like, Oh shoot. Yeah. Cause you have Jonathan Ray, and first, you had Ryan Montgomery, who was – he's already in top 10 at Western State, so he gets an automatic bid. And then you. It was me. And Random you, baller. Random baller, Dan Green here. So you close out that third loop, and then begin the fourth loop. Yes. The fourth loop uh, was a little bit tougher. So it was like the first – the climbs out of the, sec, uh, out of the first half of the course – become harder even though they're not as brutal a climbs as i've experienced when you're trying to run that speed they become harder and um the terrain even though it's not crazy technical it's bigger looser rocks on the climbing sections which is convenient of course right Mm -hmm. the hillier part is the worst part um so there's bigger looser rocks and then by that point in the race you're dodging people which I will say 99% of people out there were more than gracious in giving me space, giving, I'm sure anyone that coming from behind them space. A lot of times you didn't have to say anything. They could hear you coming. Um, Havelina is a race. You're allowed to wear headphones. So sometimes that came back to get me where I would try to like, be like, Hey, come on your left or come on your right or coming up behind you or something like that. And they, no one would move. And I'd have to like, go through the crappy part of the trail and it's like really dicey um, at that point. So yeah, I was definitely feeling it and I was probably a little over halfway done with the crappy part of this, the crappy part of the loop when I could hear some guys talking behind me like joyously. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> when you're talking like that running, like you can run, like that's how yeah. I would talk if I was with someone running. And I turned around and I saw Blake, who I think had like a cow outfit on, which was kind of sick. But I saw him and his pacer and they were hauling ass. So I was like, well, I'll try my best. So I was like pushing still and I was like, man, I'm just beat. But I 
still was like thinking to myself, well, if I just stick to my guns, I know I'm going to get past here. If I stick to my guns, don't get down on myself and just keep running my race, run where I can run. Cause I felt like I could run still pretty decent on the good side mm-hmm. um, and make it back to get the Fred and have a pacer on that, that last loop. Maybe someone will still drop out. Someone will still burn out because oh, yeah. it's a possibility. It's hot. It's in the middle of the day. It's like people are going to do that still. Um, but yeah, they passed me like I was walking and it was, we dabbed each other up. It was a great experience. <laughs> he went past me. Um, so guys, keep in mind that Blake literally ran the second fastest loop four of all time. He did. Only to be beat by the eventual winner, Jonathan Ray. So mm-hmm. it's one of those where yeah. it just happened. You know, he ran a great race. Ran a great race. Can't take that from him. Um, yeah, so they passed me. I keep trucking. I take a little bit more time at some of the aid stations just to make sure I was cool and everything get back for loop five, switch out my bottles, get an extra spring, get an extra. Um, I don't think I even change this year about, I just get water and Gatorade and me and my brother take off and Fred's like rearing to go. He's like super stoked. And I was like, dude, we gotta be realistic here. I was like, you can't push me too hard, but we're going to keep it as close to nine minutes or under if we can on these, on this climbing section, mm-hmm. like on this first half. We didn't keep it under nine, but we kept it really close. We, I think, it, like I said, if you went back and looked, I'm sure that fifth loop, the first half of the fifth loop was faster than the fourth half, the fourth loop, first mm-hmm. half. We ran great. We were running good. Um, just kept pushing, kept thinking to myself, well, I'm in a good spot. I'm in a good spot. If someone drops, I'm next, you know, because I didn't know who was behind me. Zach Bitter was behind me, which is like never a good person to have behind <laughs> you. Yeah. But he was behind me, so I didn't know that at the time. But we're running, and we come into the last aid station. We're five miles from the finish, or four miles from the finish. And Fred's like, dude, I'm done cramping up hard. <laughs> He's like, I'm cramping up hard, and which is fine because that last couple miles is the most runnable. Yeah. And so I was able to get it down to a semi-competitive pace of like 740s, 730 for the last, 730s for the last mile. And yeah, came through, turned my light off early, came in stealth mode. It was awesome. The energy was hype by that point. Random people knew my name that had been seeing me all day. Um, Like I'd said earlier, not earlier today, but to other people and in a post, that race, when you're passing all those people all day, you kind of get like that rapport with those people out there and they start like cheering, really cheering for you. Cause they're like, maybe they find out like, that's just a random guy out here, like in contention, mm-hmm. like this guy needs like cheered on. And so I had like random people like give me like, you got this Dan or like cheering me on like, every time I like pass them on that last loop or whatever. And that was awesome. And that's then we really finished cool. and it was, it was great. Yeah. And it's party. Like there's people like, there's like a literal, rave going on yeah it was it was sweet so that's really cool so how long did you stay at the finish line or did you pack it so, up really quickly yeah i stayed there for probably i think we stayed there for probably two hours maybe a little over okay so i had to some see heather jackson finish and yeah got to see her finish uh i think we got to see zach finish had a couple cold snacks and i was really Wanting to stay longer because actually a fellow Huntingtonite was there, Heather Reed, who's just like a local runner, comes into the shop, super nice person. She got us hooked up with the people that we set our tent up in, our tent in the same area as. But yeah, she was there doing the 100K. And so I wanted to see her, but I was able to see her come through for getting crew i got her i got to see her come in on her second loop of the 100k which is three loops yeah and so i got to talk to her for a little bit before she left for her last loop okay nice mm-hmm. nice that's cool i mean it's really it. cool that you got to find somebody that's from huntington that you see at the shop that called you know pretty often yeah and that really helped you out because you told me that like she really got you into that tent and this tent has some pretty famous uh connections right with the ginger runner and yeah i guess i yeah i think that's how she knows these people they are all like patreons of 
uh, that guy's channel. But I, yeah. some of those people in that tent were, were animals in there. I forget the woman's name, but the one lady that was in there had ran Coca-Dona, which was really cool. cool. They were like local people, so they knew a bunch of stuff and just had a lot of really good insight. And even if I didn't know them and I wasn't really connected to them, having even that slight connection with Heather Reed and just having people to talk to that were nice was cool. Plus, I think it helped maybe for my crew having some people to talk to, which they probably could have found anywhere. Not that they weren't good, but I mean, if you're not a jerk, you can talk to anyone at a trail race. <laughs> yeah. But I think it helped too when we came through the first loop because initially Heather had told them like, yeah, like Dan's going to try to get a golden ticket. And they were all kind of like, yeah, that's great. That's really good. And then I came through the first loop like in a good spot and the second loop in a good spot. And my brother had said that you could tell on their faces that they were like, at first they were hesitant to let us use the front of the tent that was closest to the race. But then by the end, they were like clearing it yeah, out. They were like, do whatever you got to do, which was yeah. kind of cool too. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, that's Haviland 100. That's so, it. You know, moving forward, you know, you got such a great experience out of it. And, you know, it's one of the most competitive ultras in the United States, if not the world. So where does this lead you for the next year? I mean, I think having that experience is going to help you no matter what race you do. But like one thing I, was, I took note of is you actually ran a 100K PR by quite a bit. What was route. it? It was, I can't remember. I was thinking about that. Did I run, I was thinking, did I run slower or faster? Much faster than Black Cannon. You ran in the 750s from what I remember. Oh. So it That's might have been a little bit quicker than that because I don't know exactly where the 100K mark was. But yeah, so you're running really quick and yeah. it's a hundred mile race. So it's not like you just stop there. So like what's next, I guess. I was thinking about this today because I was like, I knew this question was coming and I don't really know. I'm signed up for Hurricane hundred K again, of <laughs> yeah. course, Same. naturally Matt Young, little Caesars pizza, pizza, but, um, yeah, I was thinking canyons and then I'm thinking to myself, I talked to Ryan about it and I think probably not do canyons. Mm-hmm. I might try to do Black Canyon again. Okay. Third time's the charm. Alex is doing it. Alex Miner is he? Oh, is signed shoot. up and in it. So he's in it. He's already signed up. He's in. Oh my goodness. So I'm thinking to myself, I want to do Black Canyon because now I have way more confidence. It's kind of like the confidence Sterling Jim gave me to push, to have the confidence to know that if I push, I'll go the speed I want, even though I don't feel like I can go the speed I want. I think that I could, I will run a faster black Canyon knowing that I ran essentially a black Canyon type hundred K and then ran 40 miles afterwards. Yeah. So that's a lot of confidence to just like totally cut it loose and know that physically and nutritionally I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, I may feel like crap for 40 miles, but I'm pretty good at feeling like crap for 40 miles. Yeah. So whatever that's, that's okay. So probably black, maybe Black Canyon, high likelihood of that. Um, Hurricane 100K, I'd like to do Highland Skies would be cool if I could get into that. You can get into that. Just for funsies and for, for coolsies. That way I could say I got lost and Caleb got <laughs> lost too, so we'd be, we'd be cool together. Um, Leadville, I'm going to try to get into Leadville again. Okay. I would love that to do that race and then Havelina again, maybe depending on how everything shakes out. Um, Rim to river, maybe if I did Havelina again, I would do, I would also sign up for Rim to river too. I would do them back to back. They're probably gonna be like a week apart. <laughs> they were a week apart this time. I were only, I was only 60 miles short. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> that's if, the most dang green thing. I've yeah, ever if I seen. sign up for Havelina again, I am surely signing up for Rune River again, and I will do them both back to back, guaranteed. Mark my words. What is today's date? November seventh, twenty twenty three. Eight thirteen p.m. <laughs> Eight thirteen p.m. Mark my words. If I do Havelina, I will do Rune River again, guaranteed. <laughs> if I get in, you get in. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing. I think Brian would let either of us in whenever we want. Because there's always people that don't show Maybe. up. Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. we'd have to get a – we'd have to 
there would have to be not a, not too many people. But I, I don't think he would overload the race. He's never going to because like every year it, it caps out at two fifty, but only two hundred thirty some people show up. Yeah, every year. And I, I would feel kind of bad too if like if I, I took somebody's spot. That's why I didn't. Well, do yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to like have him make special arrangements for it. I would just yeah. want to like uh, I would want to get in the regular way. Yeah. Well, Brian, if you're listening to this, just know that we're, we want to run. I want to run, dude. Yeah. Also, I will say that, like... Falling Waters is on my list, too. Oh, wow. So, you have, you have a lot of races you're thinking about. It's insane. Yeah, I was... So, I was facing John Baldwin, and I was con- contemplating whether I should just go the full distance with him, like, all 40-some miles of it, 50 miles of it. I was like, you know what? I'll just go 28, because I think Dan's only done 20. And then I wake up the next morning, and Dan did 41 miles. I'm like, that got it. Nah, man. Like, I should have known. I ran that first little bit, and then I hung out for, like, an hour and a half. And oh, then, that's worse. And that's then I worse. ran, then I did that second half. It was awesome, dude. <laughs> I did not sleep or do anything. And then you almost, well. I did. Sleep. I almost killed myself driving. I had to take like four naps to get home. Caleb had to get back to his car. He's like, dude, can you take me to Anson to get my car? I was like, sure, I guess. I thought and I about were, killed us both. <laughs> I thought you were going home. And then like, we quickly found out you're not going home. <laughs> I felt so bad. Like the whole day, I was like, I hope Dan made it home. I about killed us both, dude. Did you take the nap? Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, we get to Anstead, and I sit up in the parking lot up there, and I take like a 20-minute nap. That was, minutes, that was just to get me back to, to the cabin. To Ace, where I took another little nap, showered, and ate some food, and then I started driving home, and I made it about 30 minutes, and I had to pull over on the side of the highway and sleep. <laughs> For 15 Jesus. minutes then i drove I a little bit no then i drove a little bit more and had to pull oh. over again and sleep i made it back don't worry i'm here that's so scary you don't do it set up for like 38 hours or something like that. i did it was rough and ran 41 miles because you were totally fine whenever we left oh it hit me it all at once it hit you all when you it's like almost driving with a drunk driver not that that's ever happened but like <laughs> you were talking and all of a sudden it went really loopy real quick and i'm like well, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. And you started swerving. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and we were close. We were like three miles away. I'm like, we can't go back now. Like, we're no. too far in. I think you, did you Venmo me because of that? Yeah, $25. Thanks, dude. <laughs> I see what my life's worth to you. <laughs> well, it should have been more, but. So just I want to let everybody know that Dan Green loves the running community so much that he's willing to put his life on the line. Uh, always like without sleep, without you know proper recovery, but uh, he's literally willing to drive you to Instead just so you can get back home. Yeah, without any sleep. That's how we did it. But yeah. So I mean, this has been great. You know, we're going to close up, but you know, one of the coolest things too that I want to go back to what we talked about in the beginning, like at Rim to River. There were so many people that were telling me that they followed, you know, Grindstone and stuff. And that was really awesome. And there's a lot of people that talked about you. They followed you on the live stream. Mm-hmm. I think that's super cool because, like, Ultra Running gives you that perspective. Like, you can just literally hop online and watch your favorite runner for, like, a little bit. And they can talk about you for a little bit. And you feel really connected to that runner for, you know, the whole race. Yeah. And there's so many people that were cheering for you. So... You know, if you want to just close with like talking about how much this community means to you, I think that would go a long way. Oh, it means so much. It's like, you don't know, you don't realize it until you realize it kind of thing. It's like, you don't take it for granted, but like I said earlier, the the amount of people that you know, like care about, like genuinely care about you, like people actually care about how I'm doing, like running wise. And like you're saying too, um, just being able to watch you on that live on the live stream or whatever it be because that's running is a lot of people's they do it it's their passion like it's something they love to do it's not work it's not working on their house it's not fixing something it's literally something some most people do purely for it's a passion thing it's a love of just do the pure love of just doing it and when they have someone in their community that's like out doing it at the level that we're able to do it at luckily it's cool to see because like you you as it's your passion you do a lot of like you watch certain videos you read stuff you see the stuff online 
people doing this, people doing that. You talk about it with your buddies and, oh, they do this cool race here and do this cool race here, there. And this is like this guy and he does this. But when that is the person that you know from Hurricane 100K or person you've ran with and you ran into Huntington with, or like I'm running through Huntington, I run with somebody. Then they also see me or see us like at these certain things doing the stuff that they watch. Yeah. It's cool. And it's like really goes a long way for me personally. Like I do a lot of stuff. A lot of what I do is mostly for other people to be like, to look at themselves and be like, you know what I can do, whatever it is, whether that be running or something else, or just a challenge in their lives, like to know that, well, if Dan can do that, I can probably at least try doing what I think I can't do or what I want to do. And maybe I'm afraid to start or whatever it be. It may not even be running. Um, it's really powerful when it comes down to like the person, when you meet them personally at a race. So like this weekend at Ribbon River, countless people came up to me and it meant so much that they were like, we're so happy that you're here. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like we were there like on purpose it wasn't like brian Invited begged us that. and was like dude you guys should come it'd be like really good pr for the race it was like that's just where we were and it happened to be that it was like the a good thing to do and it felt really good and i was happy that the stuff that i do really makes people feel good about themselves yeah or gets them out the door or gets them to do other things and yeah it goes a long way it was really mm -hmm. awesome and like we were able to help people accomplish their goals, which is mm -hmm. really cool. I mean, John Baldwin, he, he definitely wanted that sub 24. His ultimate goal was 22.59 and he ran 23.12 or 17, I think. Oh man. So he's like, he's right there. Um, for you guys, example, like Danny and Jack. They, I, well, Jack and Michael, it was their first hundred. They were just trying to finish. They were just trying to finish it. I mean, I think they have a lot more in the tank. It was just one of those things where they're really into just enjoying the journey. Like that whole day for them is so exciting. It's exciting to see how exciting, how excited it makes them. And that was awesome to be a part of. I tried to take as many pictures and videos as I could. Cause I know how cool that is yeah. at the end of the race. When you have that middle of the woods footage yeah. of like, Mike, that nobody sees. Yeah, dude, yeah. you're out in the middle of nowhere. And like, usually I'm there alone. And it's cool. I would have been like, oh, it'd have been cool if I would have had like a little footage of that. Mm -hmm. But usually I'm just like there alone, <laughs> which I like too. So I tried to get some of that for them. And, and then with Danny, just he just surprised the heck out of me. I don't know what the heck I was thinking that maybe he was going to be, I don't know what I was thinking, but he just was such a power out there and just like kept pushing. And he rem honestly reminded me of myself running because something bad he threw up like 15 times yeah. and he had this weird thing where he can't eat electrolytes so he was like just drinking water and he couldn't eat anything or he'd throw up and he had to lay down for 10 minutes exactly after he ate something after he would eat something run three minutes and lay down for 10 and then he could run which is why he got to me at mile 80 and i said we're not going to eat anything yeah for the rest of this race because we're not stopping we did eat two pierogies the last 20 miles he had two pierogies and water and that's it one pierogi for 10 miles yeah so that makes sense, but <laughs> he did really well. And he just, yeah, did the way he could just hit those super low greasy, like puke session and then just flip the switch. All right, we're going. He would, I was like, that's awesome. I was like, that's what I, I he kept saying he was sorry that yeah. we weren't running as much. Classic. And I was like, dude, don't be sorry for anything. You're doing exactly, you are literally doing exactly what I would do. Like you're not, moping around feeling sorry for yourself after you like throw up you're just getting back at it which was cool but yeah the whole community up there is just awesome and i'm so glad that i can be a part of it it's like i'm just a weird guy that loves to run a lot and i love the community and it's great when it loves you back yeah it's like <laughs> a bunch of weird people that love running that yeah they like to hurt and enjoy mm -hmm. it uh, one thing that I was just the last thing I want to say is the people, you know, I would say mid packers, they don't understand how much inspiration they give us. Oh my like, gosh. John, the whole time is like picking my brain. I'm just like, dude, 
you're the toughest guy out here, in my opinion. Like your hips, so many more, so many more hurdles to jump. Exactly, and you know, I think it's so much harder to be out there for so much longer. Like I always say, like I just want to finish as fast as possible so I can be done. Like they're out there for so much longer. They're experiencing the cold. You know, they're experiencing throwing up a lot more. Like it's insane. Showing us how it is to be tough, and like that's something we you know people who are trying to run fast like that's something we need to know because like i don't want to be a guy that dnfs too often like it's going to happen eventually but like if you can finish i want you to finish i want myself to finish and then you got guys like john ball and like danny who are showing us like they're not ever giving up no they're going to go through hell and back before they give up it's insane he's like as long as there's time on that clock i'm not stopping yeah and i'm like that's crazy dude and to be honest he'd probably finish even if the clock went over 30 somehow oh for sure he would have kept going he would have kept going 100 percent definitely and that's just this true grit and that's what more people need that you know i don't know it's very impressive yeah it's impressive and you know i think it's impressive to run 13 hours 17 minutes but it's also impressive to run 32 hours or 31 59. yeah i think my guy danny came through i think at 27 hours he could have easily ran 23 hours he was on pace run like 22 hours he was just literally having to throw up and lay down he had to lay down to like get his stomach right i have a good picture of him laying down in the middle of the woods because i was like i have to document this because it was crazy he would just be like all right he would just say it's time and then he would he would just stop turn his light off and just lay on the ground i was like what is happening but it was awesome and same thing with with the other two jack and michael like just being part of their whole first 100 mile journey and it took them 10 hours longer than it took me, but man, it was crazy for them. Like they got to see the sun go down, the sun rise and yeah. it was cold. It was hot. It was whatever. And it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. We could literally have a podcast for every single runner. Oh my gosh. Finished, you know, finish from the river because each one has such a cool story. You know, everybody kind of experiences highs and lows and, you know, I heard there was like a train that like blocked the twice. Course. Yeah, double. They had a Fayette train block and then Fayette train block and oh, a um, Thurman one. Thurman train block. Yeah. So I mean, there's just I mean that's what altering is all about. I mean, you're gonna have stuff that's gonna derail your day, but you just gotta figure out a way to get to the finish line. That's what it's all about. Totally. Yeah. Well, Dan, this has been awesome, man. Always. I mean, we've done this, what, three times now, I think? Maybe I think. More. We're going to do it more, though. Yeah, we I might need to just do a monthly checkup podcast just to see what we're doing. Uh, Maybe fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely need to get Alex Miner and a few others involved, too. Cause, you know, we do. Had, well, he's got JFK. You'll enter, you, we, we, need, we should talk to him before JFK. We probably should. We should JFK. bring him in. It's and next weekend. Black Canyon, so that's cool. Yeah. He's the, the fast boy setup. Yeah, the young boy, the young man. He's, he's so young. He's so young. Getting into <laughs> the sport. It's exciting to see. And then, heck, we can get Logan on. Logan Kirby. Is Logan doing uh, do his first Cabin movie. Fever? Yeah. I saw him sign up on there. Oh, is he officially? I think it was him. Who else was that? Oh, maybe it was someone else I saw on there. Hmm. I don't know. I was looking at it today because Alyssa, the girl I work with, she, Alyssa Long, she was thinking about doing it. Nice. See, this, this is what it's all about. Just get more and more people in. Well, thanks, man, for coming on. You know, it's been a blast. You know, we'll have you on pretty soon. But until next time, we'll see you later. See you.